Hi, my name is Tanya, and I have been married for five years now. My husband and I seem as though we've been together all of our life, but somewhere in the midst of a year, maybe even two years ago, the romance and the the passion of of the whole marriage is it's like it's on hold. Maybe you relate to that. Hey, welcome to Intentional Living. Dr. Randy here live in the Intentional Living Center, and our phone lines are going to be open to you here uh, so you can join in our discussion and share with us a little bit about intimacy when it comes to marriage. We're talking marriage and intimacy. And when I say marriage intimacy, what is the first thought that comes to your mind? (laughs) For some, it may be physical. Intimacy is just physical. I mean, that's sort of... Uh, when you know there's intimacy in the marriage, when there's physical connection. In marriage, certainly that is important. The Bible says that. And so does your emotions and your heart and your life. That's just reality. There's an emotional component or physical component. But there's also, uh, some people will find that intimacy can also be very powerful emotionally, connecting with each other on an emotional level. We talk about head, heart, and hand, right? The heart l- level uh, when it comes to you understand me, you connect with me with my emotions, you feel, and we can uh, emote and touch each other emotionally. Some, it's intellectual. Let's face it, some people, this is part of of intimacy is intellectual. You have stimulating discussions, you connect around things that you're learning, you're growing intellectually, and that can be intimacy. In fact, let me just say this. Sometimes people will have an affair, an intellectual affair with another person because they're not getting that kind of intimacy in their own marriage. And that, of course, can lead to other things. Uh, Spiritual intimacy, powerful. You know, if you're not on the same page spiritually, how that can create an issue. Uh, Goal intimacy, we're headed in the same direction. We're doing things. We have uh, ambitions, goals, ideas, things that we're we're moving toward. Then, of course, doing things, you know, just helping each other. Our hands, you know, we're just involved. And so we're going to, we have some callers lined up to go, but our phone line is open to you. And I'd love to have you get in line here and come and share with us. Uh, maybe the question is, when do you feel closest to your spouse? What does intimacy feel like to you in your, in your marriage? Um, and understanding your spouse, hopefully by the end of this half hour, we can understand each other a little bit more about this important part of marriage, because here's a fact, we see it, I've been around long enough, worked with enough couples to know that sometimes people will find themselves wandering from their own marriage, maybe leading even to an affair, because an intimacy need is not being met in the marriage. Now, that's not a, that's not an excuse, but it becomes a reason. So, I'd love to have you join in. Maybe we can encourage each other. When do you feel closest to your spouse? And uh, you can be a part of the show today. Triple eight, triple eight, seventeen, seventeen. That's the number. Triple eight, triple eight, seventeen, seventeen. Gino's got us up here on Facebook Live too. So welcome to our Facebook friends. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you're welcome to post a note below or to give us a call as well. Triple eight, triple eight, seventeen, seventeen. I've talked to some friends uh, in the past on this topic, and we've talked about things like. Um, being intimate, but also not being pushy. You can't demand, intimacy is not something you can demand in marriage. That ain't going to work. It's something that we give in marriage, which I think is really important. 888 888 let us go to Mary 
first in Florida, intimacy, push maybe pushing that in, versus intimacy a little bit along the line. So, um, Carol, welcome to the show. My spouse is one of those that shows me in every way that he loves me. I've always been the kind that had to be told, you know, and had to be, uh, people had to tell me, but he doesn't. Hmm. He just shows me in every way. We've been married 57 years. Wow. And he shows me every day in everything he does, hmm. how much he loves me. Give some examples. Can can you share some things he does? He's funny. He he makes me laugh. He tells hmm. the same jokes, and I still laugh at the same jokes. <laughs> he uh, He's very... Uh, he's just intentional with everything. He helps me with everything I do. Uh, always loves me unconditionally. And, you know, I, I've laughed and said I didn't know if I could ever find anybody that put up with me this long. But <laughs> he does, and he he doesn't seem to mind. He's all, He's never... Uh, been one of these men that has to be better. We play golf, and uh, I started first, and and I taught him how. And so, but he and he never minds if I beat him. You know, <laughs> he's not he's not a man that is so, you know, has to be better than everybody else. And you know, he's just he's wonderful. Mm. I tell you, I, I thank the Lord every day for him. Wow. Um, he was exactly what I needed, and I was exactly what he needed. So, so it's been been a very good fifty-seven years. Well, it sounds like it's worked out. So. Fifty-seven <laughs> years is pretty good track record, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, and and I, I'm very pleased with with him, and and uh, he's made a wonderful father and a wonderful husband. And uh. he didn't have the he was raised by a mean stepdad, mm. so he didn't have he didn't have the basis for it. And I've often wondered how he knew how because he wasn't showed this, you know. Mm. So, but he just uh, that's he great. Got, I don't know. He's I can't say enough nice things about him. Well, fifty-seven years making it work—that's uh, that's pretty good stuff. I mean, uh, and what I like, love it in hearing your story is it's not some big dramatic thing. It's just being there, doing things together, touching each other in ways that affect us. You know, I wrote a book called Starved for Affection, why we crave it and why it's important. And the idea is in that book and in life is we need to be affecting each other in a positive way because in marriage we do affect each other. Let's face it. Uh, At the end of the day, you have affected your spouse sometimes in a positive way. And unfortunately, sometimes we can impact each other in a negative way. And we don't want that. So uh, where is it that you find the connection point? What helps you stay connected? When do you feel closest to your spouse? Give us a call, 888-888-1717. By the way, we have the power of one thing, a devotional, a 30-day devotional we'll be sending out to everybody who calls, gets on the show today. We'd love to have you call. That's an incentive to say, come on in and be a part of the show. Uh, You'll find instructions when you call on how you can receive that. Gift from me to you, 888-888-1717. All right, Dee is in Georgia today. Dee, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. Doing great. Doing great. Appreciate your call. What? When do you feel closest to your spouse? I, I think it's, for me, it's when we've been married 38 years and just recently um, our empty nesters after seven children. Mm, <laughs> and wow. um, it's, it's um, when we're doing a project together. 
when we first went through um, the empty nest, we had some issues. We were home alone and just didn't know what to do with each other, but we worked through <laughs> that, and, and uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been wonderful just going on special trips. And But I feel closest, and I think we do both when we're working on a project like cleaning the garage or, or cleaning the shit, something like that, that we're working side by side. Yeah. So he, and that leads to intimacy. <laughs> that leads to the other parts of intimacy. Yes, yes, right. <laughs> now, it, would your husband agree? You like, I mean, do you take the lead on, hey, we got some projects to work on? Are you the one that's taking the lead or does he take um, the lead or how's it? Actually, he's, he's taking the lead now. Yeah, he's taking the lead. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I think, uh, you know, we're talk- I mentioned about hand people, head, heart, and hand, and you guys are finding intimacy in the hands. In other words, finding things, doing things together, which, uh, which is powerful. That's really great. Thank you, Dee. Appreciate it. My friend Kevin Lehman wrote a book about uh, Sex Begins in the Kitchen. That was the title. You know, about working, you know, su- supporting your spouse and being a part of your spouse and sharing responsibilities. Of course, that can lead to intimacy. So maybe we need a new book, uh, D. that sex begins in the garage. I, I, I don't know. Just, just a thought. Uh, <laughs> all right. We're talking about intimacy. And of course, that comes to mind, isn't it? The physical part of intimacy. But I think we'll find as we talk today that it's the simple things. It's the activities that draw us together to help us connect with each other. Uh, physical intimacy is certainly a part of it. Uh, but what else? Come and join us, Triple Eight. I wonder if Kevin's listening. There's a title for you, Kevin. Triple Eight, Triple Eight. 1717 is the number. Let's take a break. We'll be back. 888-888-1717. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living. And we'll be right back. Should I keep working with an unethical boss? I love my job, Randy, and I'm not sure what I should do. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with an Intentional Living Minute. I think maybe you've already made up your mind, haven't you? I mean, you've got to decide on your values, and then you've got to act with your head, because you're going to confront this issue with your boss, but when you do, be prepared to leave if things don't change, or there's a likelihood you may get fired. But if you violate your conscience along the way, that will become sin to you. And when we have these short-term decisions to make, we always need to look at them in terms of the long-term consequences in our life. Doing the next right one thing is important to you, to your family, to your faith, and to your future. So I'd encourage you to make an intentional decision and then follow through. For more information and inspiration, go to theintentionallife.com. That's the Intentional Living Minute. 60 seconds of encouragement sent out around the world online every day. And of course, we're here live in the studio this, these uh, 28 minutes every day to talk about life and uh, the power of living intentionally. And today, talking about intimacy and in marriage, which is important. When intimacy gets broken, there's a lack of connection physically, emotionally, spiritually, and otherwise. Uh, it could be the beginning of, well, a med- mediocre marriage, a painful marriage, and sometimes uh, a marriage that ends. And we don't want that. And I don't think you do either. 
because there was a point that you were more intimate, you were connected. Now, maybe that's something that needs to be worked on. We're inviting you to share with us, when do you feel closest to your spouse? What is it that connects you in marriage? One thing that's helped you over the years? Give us a call, 888-888-1717. Carol in Kansas. How are you today, Carol? Hi, I'm fine. I just I uh, was listening to your last Carol, and I just have a real similar story. We were married for 54 years. He passed mm-hmm. away May 30th, and I'm sorry. He was just the best. I mean, he just supported me at all times. At his funeral, our grandchildren all got up and spoke and said the grandpa was there to take care of whatever I wanted that day. And then whatever, if what some time was left, he'd take care of himself. But, and it's not something I wanted to do. I asked him to take care of himself more, but he just, he wanted to take care of me, wanted to help me and be there with me and do things. We worked in the garden and that wasn't his bailiff, but he, he did it because he wanted to help me, you know, Mm. and he just, we look forward to seeing each other every day. We got excited just knowing that we were going to be together. We knew what time we were getting home and we were ready for, we wanted to touch, hold hands and sit together and talk. And I mean, talk, I, I miss it so much. That's the one thing because we talked constantly from the time I met him to the time he died. I don't think our mouths ever shut. (laughs) Mm. We were always talking and it was always meaningful. It wasn't just, menial, you know, what color shirt do you want or anything like that. We we really talked about topics that were important to both of us. And oh. I don't know, I, I just felt like that that he was just tr- truly my, I'll tell you what, I didn't want to date. And when I met him, it was a blind date. And we both literally fell in love that night. And we never looked another way ever again. And we, I kept saying that God sat him on my doorstep because I didn't ask for it, but there he was, you know. And how many years did, how many years were you we married? Were, we were married fifty four years. Fifty four years. Fifty four years and, and he and we knew each other for almost sixty. But we were married fifty four years and we never were separated. We never we we lived by the golden rule. We didn't say anything or do anything that would hurt us. We always follow that we never said anything destructive or painful to anybody to each other for sure and didn't put each other down with other people um always did always lifted each other up so it it really makes a difference in becoming you know that couple when you can raise each other up and be that's supportive all the time. See, Carol, you're giving you're giving young um, wives and husbands, young couples, um, a short course on how marriage is supposed to work. Um, yes. How are you doing? How are you doing now? I'm, I'm having a really tough time because I've never been without him, and um, but I'm, I'm getting through it. I, I promised him uh, the day he died that I was going to give it my best and keep going for him. Mm. And and it's really difficult because I just want to be here without him. But I, I, I'm going to try. I'm really going to try. I don't want to, this to be the end. Well, your time is still here and it sounds like you yeah. have a family. You have those yeah. grandkids and don't ever underestimate the, the story, your story, your life. You're making a difference right now, Carol. 
We got yeah. we got some people listening. We got some probably some young moms and young wives that are feeling discouraged and kind of overwhelmed, and and they're hearing your story. And uh, yeah. so you have value, and your message is still very valuable, um, very powerful. Um, what would you say to a young woman listening today and maybe struggling in her marriage? What would be your lesson? What would you say to her? I don't know. That's a hard one because if you don't have a husband that's meeting you halfway and, well, maybe even more than halfway. My husband met me more than halfway all the time. He always bent over backwards to do these things for me, and I truly, truly didn't ask it of him. But he just did, and it pulled me up, you know. I never I never could be very angry at him because I don't remember us ever raising our voices, truly. And so, you know, we were very careful what we said to each other. We didn't want to say things or do anything that was going to be a permanent scar on our marriage. Yeah, your words you know, I'd never say, say shut up or be quiet or, you know, anything like that. It's always positive stuff, but we just didn't say it. Were these things that you talked about in advance saying this is how we're going to live or you just ended up being these kind of people? We, we just knew it because our parents were both... Um, my dad was an alcoholic. His dad was an alcoholic. We lived in that, and we just knew that isn't what some, what we wanted. And we wanted to be uplifting and and just good a good marriage. And they weren't that hot at communicating, and we just worked at it. I don't know that I call it worked at it. We just knew really what the right thing was to do. You didn't you didn't say things that were going to hurt that you couldn't take away. You know you can't mm-hmm. ring the bell as they say. Yeah. It's there. And once you say it, sometimes you struggle and never, ever go back or never get back to where you were. So I would say, you know, no matter how tired they are, they got to try to be supportive of the husband comes home. And, well, and it goes for the husband, too. But when she comes home, you got to kind of be supportive and not, not say things that are <laughs> hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, be positive. To try as much as you can. There are times when you just can't, you know, just... Yeah. But that's when we would go off and do something in another room and I'd read or go clean the house or something like that. I just wasn't going to say anything was hurtful. And he never did with me either. I truly, truly, in all those years, we never, ever raised our voices at each other. Well, and I don't remember ever being angry at him. I'll tell you what, you are the exception and not the rule in how most marriages work. And I would say to those of you that, Sometimes raise your voice with each other. It's okay. Sometimes that's the way it is. But you know what? We shouldn't be hurting each other. And uh, Carol, listen, you've got you got life ahead. God's you know got you here for a reason. Today was a reason. What you shared on the show today is a reason. You're impacting people right now with your story. And I I would say that not only you know I asked the question about what message did you give to young moms. I think you gave a message to young dads and to young husbands who are listening. Hey, listen, did you, and Carol, did you hear what Carol said? My husband didn't criticize me. He lifted me up. We, we, we were careful what we said to each other. The research is very clear, couples, very clear over years of research that the number one thing that will destroy a marriage, listen, if you get nothing else out of this half hour, this is it. The number one thing that'll destroy your marriage, destroy intimacy destroy peace in your home is criticism. Criticism kills. And you might say, well, I'm, I'm saying it for their own good, or I'm just trying to help. And the bottom line is your words can either lift up or destroy. 
and understanding the power of your words. You know, when the Bible says to us, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, that doesn't only mean the profanity that can come out of our mouth, but we can have corrupt communication between ourselves and our spouse that is destructive, that destroys, that discourages. And in the process, it can ruin a marriage. And Carol, in 54 years with her husband, learned that uh, their words matter. And you may not uh, bat a thousand like they did in terms of never having ill words. The reality is you may not even get through a day without that. I understand that we're all different. But understanding the dynamic of letting our words lift up and encourage, being willing to take responsibility for our words, taking responsibility to ask for forgiveness, to make the changes when they're necessary. These things are important. Okay, Carol, keep going. Don't give up. Kids, grandkids, the world needs you. And I'm sure your husband's cheering on from heaven someday. Let's take a break, Jennifer. We'll be right back. Question number five. Every day to ask the question, when am I going to get started? (laughs) Is it going to be today? Am I going to do this intentionally today? Just getting at it, doing the next right one thing. Mm, That's an excerpt from the teaching this month on the five questions to ask about your life. Five questions that'll change your life. The very, very first thing in intentional living is to ask the right questions. When you get the answers then to make a decision that'll honor Christ. And so this lesson is very practical uh, for this month of November. So our members uh, of the intentional living community, you know who you are. Thank you, men and women, young and old families from all over the country for your support. Your financial support keeps us going, keeps us on the air, keeps the podcast going and our our events and products and resources. Everything for this ministry is because of your support. Thank you. And uh, just a small token is to send you a teaching every month, a video and audio from, uh, from our center here to say thanks and also encourage you in an update on the ministry. And this month it's on these five questions and what the Bible teaches about intentional living. So thank you. New members, if you want to come and be a part of this, once you put your toe in the water and come and join us today, your financial support, wow, you know what it you know, makes a difference. Whatever the amount is. Uh, what's most important is you're involved. So whatever God lays on your heart, just be a part of it. Uh, it helps support the ministry, getting resources out and so on. And uh, we want to include you in the community and start sending you these uh, brand new encouraging, helpful teachings every month. They'll come to you electronically to your email, um, online rather, either video, both video and audio. Just go to theintentionallife.com, click on donate, come and join us, theintentionallife.com. Thanks to those of you who did that yesterday. Uh, Thank you, appreciate your support. Come and join us at theintentionallife.com today. Really powerful topic about the powerful power of intimacy. If, and if one, if just you, if it's only you that we're speaking to, and you and you get that uh, switch that goes off to say, "Hey, I've got to work on this." Um, it doesn't have to be dramatic. Listen, your spouse someday is going to look back and say it was all the big fancy dinners and parties and gifts that you did, or you're going to wait until Valentine's Day. It's the day in and day out. It's the hug, it's the, um, the question, it's the support. It's working in the garage, as they said, to clean things up. I hope Donna's not listening. Because I know what she'd say. There's intimacy for her. Get that garage cleaned up. 
And she's right. You know, whatever it is, intimacy comes in different forms in our marriage and our relationship. I'll tell you what, we're going to wrap up live here in about three minutes, but we're going to just stay on. We've got a great discussion going. Love to have you join in. We've got a free book to send you, The Power of One Thing Devotional. Uh, the instructions will be given on the little call when you come in. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get that out to you. Just for being a part of the show, you can call right now, and then we'll get you lined up, and we'll just continue on here in a moment or two. 888 1717 888-888-1717. Uh, I tell you what, Valerie, I think we've got time for Valerie. Um, I've just got a, about a minute or two left before I wrap it up, but it sounds like uh, you got something good you'd like to add. Go right ahead. Well, thank you for taking my call. Um, my husband and I decided um, on January 1st that we would start a Facebook page together as opposed to having our own separate pages. And so now that when we spend time on social media, we're actually doing it together. And it is, uh, it's definitely brought us closer together. And people that connect to us, they're connecting to the both of us That's as right. opposed to one of us. And so it's, you know, sparked some great conversations and some great laughs and, you know, those things that bring people together. So um, I definitely uh, appreciate the fact that we're doing that together. And on there from time to time, we talk about, you know, about marriage, because that's our thing is that we are married to love on purpose. It has to be intentional and it has to be something that you do put forth right. for that. So good for definitely. you. Good idea. Great suggestion. I'd encourage couples, got to be careful with technology today. It's not the technology that's the problem. It's our heart that's an issue. But when we don't think about how it can affect us in all of these online relationships and what have you, and by doing what you're doing, I think is a great suggestion. Appreciate it. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you. Great, uh, great comment. We're wrapping up the show today, but staying right here, love to have you call in and join in the discussion. I guess you could add this Maybe you've been married for a few years and you want to look over your shoulder for just a, a couple of minutes and, and invite someone following along, a young couple getting started on some of the things that you've been through, some of the things you've learned that work to help build intimacy in your marriage. Um, and Carol certainly did that for us just a little bit ago. So give us a call, 888-888-1717, is the number. Uh, so we'll uh, be recording those uh, and uh, hearing those later in this week. You know, as we wrap up the show today, again, the question is, what are you going to do? What am I going to do to make sure that intimacy is a part of our marriage? My wife, Don, and I have been married a long time, a lot of years. And uh, we, we have little different love languages. Uh, I'm more physical touch, and I know that she's more into the... Um, the things that we can do together, the goals that we have, uh, doing things. And I was reminded of the importance of cleaning out the garage today. So that'll be on my head there, Jennifer, when I get home. Uh, to th- remember that that's intimacy, that and doing the dishes, taking out the trash, and doing the things you got to do to help out around the home. And <laughs> I've got a great wife. My, my wife, Donna, is very patient, loving, supportive, uh, and um Well, intimacy is certainly an important part of our marriage. I hope it's yours as well. All right. Again, one last shot at the phone. You're welcome to join us at 888-888-1717. Which is it? Is it emotional, intellectual, spiritual? Is it doing things together or physical intimacy? What holds you together? What are some things that make a difference? When do you feel closest? 
to each other in your marriage. Dr. Randy, for Jennifer and for Gino and for Stephen and Amy today, uh, have a great day and we'll see you next time from Intentional Living Center.